0: fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hoop ball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide Brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop nba box score breakdown back in the building oh and it feels so good so so good so nice and we keep our stories hot
3: we never serve it to you on ice welcome back to your nba box score breakdown as always it's your lead host david bracy here opening up what is going to be a pretty eventful off season uh and i've got a dynamic duo in the booth with me i got marcus and I've got Brad of Hooball Hawks. Guys, go ahead and give you a shout outs Welcome back to the pod. And as always, a pleasure to have both of you joining me this evening.
2: Hey, yeah, always a pleasure, man. It's great to be here. Um, can't think of two better guys I'd like to be on a podcast. You just, uh, you know, kind of talk about the rumors swirling, everything that's set up to be, you know, like David said, a big offseason. So I'm excited to get into it and, uh, you know, just uh, roll with this, see how it goes.
1: In the words of Jeremiah, it don't get no much better than this. I'm just glad to be on. You know who it is. It's your boy, B-Rad, the host of Hoopball Hawks. And it's good to talk about things outside of Atlanta uh, on this podcast with two goats in the game, uh, two young goats in the game. And we are climbing up the... Uh, climbing up the, uh, the towers to the penthouse right now. So it's going to be really fun to talk about which one of these uh, coaches is going to be living in the penthouse in a new city this upcoming year, and as well as some potential trades. So I'm just excited to be on tonight.
3: Absolutely. I mean, from the penthouse to the doghouse, there's been a lot of movement when it comes to the head coaching, uh, the head coaching situation across the NBA landscape. Um, and we're going to dive right into it with what I've been calling a coaching carousel. Uh, As we've seen a lot of different faces in different places, make some big changes um, at the end of their season and the opening of this off season here. So we're going to go ahead and just start it off right from the top today. Uh, The Indiana Pacers finally hired a head coach to replace Nate McMillan. Uh, Another Nate, different Nate, uh, Nate, ooh, spell check, Bjorkgren, uh, former assistant of the Toronto Raptors, won a championship with Nick Nurse, obviously uh, a valued part of their coaching staff. Nick Nurse's first disciple. Uh, if you will, current uh, NBA head coach of the year, um, already making waves on other rosters here. So it'll be very interesting to see what he does with the Pacers roster. Of course, there's a lot of conversation about will Victor Oladipo be returning to the fold um, after this offseason? What will they do with their big front court duo of Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis? Among other questions for the Indiana Pacers rosters, they kind of look to solidify their spot in the Eastern conference. And there have been plenty of other coaching situation changes, as I've mentioned uh, really quickly, just to rattle them off. We had Ty Lou replace doc rivers on the LA Clippers doc rivers, made his pivot to the Philadelphia 76ers and lieu of Brett Brown, who was let go. Billy Donovan uh, has replaced Jim Boylan under helm for the Chicago bulls. Obviously Steve Nash making big waves with the hiring of him by the Brooklyn Nets and the outing of Kenny Atkinson, as we saw, Um, And then earlier in this uh, summer off season bubble season, whatever you want to call it forever, March uh, Tom Thibodeau was hired to replace Mike Miller as the coach of the New York Knicks. So as I said, a lot of big names, big spaces, big faces and big roster adjustments to be made opening it up here. I'm going to pass it to, I'm going to pass it to my man, Marcus first, Marcus looking across the landscape of the, of the nba with the changes we've seen in the head coaching position what head coach do you think is in for the biggest challenge whether that be with the composition of their roster whether that be with the market situation that they currently find themselves in in any kind of sense what coach do you think really is going to have the biggest challenge um under their
0: first year under helm I think we got Marcus on mute. Oh, hey,
2: sorry about that. <laughs> Hit the video instead of the unmute <laughs> button. I, I'm just so overzealous to get on here. I wanted you to see my face instead. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the coach that I think is, you know, has, you know, faces the toughest road is actually Doc Rivers. And I say that because, you know, if you look at what happened in L.A., You know, he got all the controversy of, you know, getting so far with the Clippers, but not quite being able to get over the hump. And, you know, well, I really don't think it was Doc Rivers fault. You know, history did repeat itself with the Clippers blowing that 3-1 lead against the Nuggets. So, you know, him obviously getting um, the boot in L.A. And then now, you know, being hired immediately to Philly, you know, which is well-deserved. He's a great coach, and I think he'll do great things there. But we've seen it with Philadelphia you know, where they've shown these flashes of being such a great team. You know, you have such a dynamic, you know, point forward in Ben Simmons where, you know, the shooting's not quite there. But, I mean, he's a first-team All-NBA defender. You know, he can get to the cup so well. He's such a unique, dynamic player. And, you know, same with Joel Embiid, a very versatile, uh, dynamic big man. And, you know, they have great pieces in Tobias Harris, you know, um, Josh Richardson. They really have what they need. To um, be a great team. And even with that, you know, last year they were just edged out by the Raptors and that, you know, epic Kawhi Leonard shot. But this year, you know, granted, Ben Simmons wasn't playing, but I mean, the sweep to the Celtics was just horrid. You know, they just couldn't get it going. And I'm curious to see what offseason moves they make, whether it's, you know, Horford maybe being traded. Uh, I don't know, maybe Josh Richardson, you know, maybe some kind of package deal, you know, involving you know, with the Rockets or, you know, what have you. And I'm sure we'll get to that later. But, you know, to stay on course here, I think Doc Rivers faces the toughest challenge because the Sixers are kind of looking for that coach to, you know, revitalize them and get them over the hump, turn them into the contender. And we all know that Doc Rivers, you know, has championship pedigree. So it's really going to be a test if he can take, you know, these two, um, you know, young all-star great players and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and really just, you know, correct what Brett Brown seemingly wasn't able to do, you know, in the playoffs, like I said, I know Ben Simmons wasn't playing, but it seemed like it was just ISO drill and beat all game. And, you know, they didn't really have a flow. So Doc Rivers being the coach he is, I know he can make things happen. So I'm optimistic that he can really add a positive impact to this team, but you know, with where the implications are now, If, you know, they're not contending for a championship and making a deep playoff run, you've got to figure that doesn't bode well for them, you know, if they can't get over that hump and turn into a winning team. So I'm curious to hear uh, what you got to say, Brad. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, whatever they do in Philadelphia, that's going to be telling of what direction Doc Rivers really wants his team to go, as well as Elton Brand, the GM there. So a lot of decisions to be made. Uh, before I get into, you know, the, there's a spot that I think will definitely be a tough challenge. Uh, I just want to know, how does Tom Thibodeau, how did he get another job, personally? I don't know. Um, to me, he's like, for football fans, he's the Josh McDaniels of the NBA world, just always finding jobs but never really panning out as far as record wins and i mean i don't know I, I would have to go and look at the fact check to see how many you know playoff series he's actually won and shout out tommy lee for you know getting really a fire into me just just reminding me like thibodeau has another job the guy who runs his players to the ground um yes he he emphasizes defense but can he have can he get this new york knicks team that has been been unable to, you know, stop anybody. Can they buy in on the defensive end to be a little bit better? Are they tanking? But that's neither here nor there. My job, and I'm going to go a different direction, I think Billy Donovan in Chicago will be the toughest gig at this point. Um, After the spending um, five seasons in OKC and departing ways with the organization, he posted a 608 winning percentage there and made the playoffs each of those seasons. However, after the first season, once Katie left, he never made it out of the first round. So for me, I'm really unsure as to what kind of pressure and what kind of expectations he's walking into, because it could be a situation where he has a little less pressure because the franchise, you know, hasn't had that much success in the last few years since Thibodeau has left. And like I said, I mean, he only went so far with them as well with the talent that he has assembled there. But. At the same time, last year, Chicago was a lot of times in spitting distance of the eighth seed. There's a lot of young talent there. It would be an opportunity to help develop those players with him being, you know, a longstanding college coach, what is, notably with his years at Florida and putting some players in the league. So he has an opportunity to develop some talent. But it may be a little bit of pressure since they were kind of close last year under another head coach the previous year from being in spit distance of the HC. Now ultimately they were not in the bubble and they were and they tailed off towards the you know latter half of the season before the season stopped. But I just don't know what expectations he's walking into. And since they were in spit distance of the HC last year, I'm gonna have, give a little hot take as far as the East. Normally. For the last few years, it's been the magic. It's it's been you know the Nets whenever they're there. They, they, it's been set who the eight seed is. I think this year coming up will be the most competitive as far as the battle for the eighth seed in the East has been in, in, in quite a few years. And I think along with the Chicago Bulls, that they're going to have to battle with the Washington Wizards who have John Wall back. We'll see what they do with their roster there. You have Brad Beal, still Rui Hachimura. Uh, who looked really good last year, especially in the bubble? He looks really good. Thomas Bryant, So we'll see what they do there. We'll see what they do if they re sign Davis Bertens. You have, you know, my Atlanta Hawks, who they're talking playoffs right now, coming out of the mini camp here in Atlanta. And they have a very, very motivated John Collins and Trey Young at the helm leading that team. And like you said, like I said before, the consummate, you know, eight seed for the last few years, the Orlando Magic, will have something to say about it as well, depending on what moves they make this offseason. There's been rumors about them moving Aaron Gordon we'll talk about that later and as well as I saw an interesting scenario where they maybe move on from Jonathan Isaac who unfortunately has come across a lot of injuries in his young time in the league but I think that depending on what the expectations are for Billy Donovan who's been in the playoffs maybe not had the success that he would like uh, for this young Bulls team what exactly is, you know, what direction they're really going here. So I think I'm going to vote for Billy Donovan and the Bulls, because that's a very proud fan base as well. And they want to see some wins.
3: Yeah, and I can see your point with that in regard to Billy Donovan and the situation with the Bulls. um, Really briefly, I do just want to say, I think that the reason the Knicks went with Tom Thibodeau, fortunately, in a strange way, is because of the fact that he got fired first. I mean, he was one of the few coaches of that pedigree available at the time of his hiring. Uh, I do wonder if Leon Rose and the Knicks wish that they had been a little bit more patient and kind of waited out the NBA bubble because you can clearly see there was a lot of good head coaches that became available. Um, But they have Thibodeau under helm now, and that's going to kind of be where they head in the direction that they're kind of stuck in going forward. So curious to see if that kind of pans out. Um, Billy Donovan to me with the bulls, you know, he, he, he he has proven himself to be a, a, a great coach, especially when it comes to developing young talent. So I think it's pretty obvious why the Bulls went in that direction. And clearly, they are giving him a uh, a lot of favor because he pretty much cleared house and has replaced a lot of those former Bulls executives underneath him um, with guys that he knows. So I would assume that that's kind of helping him you know, Astro Turf, if you will, that locker room and kind of get some creature comforts in there to really make himself comfortable and set up for the long term in Chicago. Because to your point, Brad, Orlando is really in a do or die mode when it comes to what we have to really make a decision on what we're doing here. Uh, we can't perennially be the eighth seed losing in the first round season after season after season. How many times are we going to see Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon flame out in playoff games and during the regular season? I mean it's it's a very unfortunate set of circumstances for the magic for that fan base, but they have some assets that they could potentially move. Um, They have some draft picks. They could potentially try to move up or move around. So I think that the magic need to be very preemptive um, in their off season plans, because as the East continues to get better around them, it does not look like their roster will be able to keep up. Uh, and I definitely think that the Bulls could make a run for that eighth seed, just like the Atlanta Hawks could. I mean, a lot of these teams are one piece away um, in a lot of senses, and I just don't really see the Magic being able to add that piece. Now, in regard to, in my opinion, the biggest challenge for a coaching situation, to me, it's it's kind of a tie. You know, you have Doc Rivers in Philadelphia. Uh, That's a a starved fan base. It's a frustrated fan base. They are over the process and they are ready for the product. Um, They want to see results. Uh, I don't blame them whatsoever. Doc Rivers is going to have some serious challenges on his hands with that roster, with the composition, with the fit of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. um, Do they have the natural cohesion that it's going to take for them to be a championship caliber team? Or are we looking at this team entering the 20 2020-2021 2020 2021 off season and saying what well, where is Ben Simmons going where is Joel Embiid going uh that remains to be seen so hopefully doc rivers can figure that out this is a guy who has had command of locker rooms with very strong personalities before as we've seen with Chris Paul, with Blake Griffin, with Kevin Garnett, with Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, I mean, and most recently with Kawhi and Paul George. Now most recently it didn't necessarily pan out, but clearly we know that this is a superstar coach and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are two of the youngest superstars in the league. So, definitely don't fault the Philadelphia 76ers and Elton Brand for bringing him in. Also kind of makes sense. I mean, the best version of Tobias Harris that we have seen to date was when he was coached by Doc Rivers on the Clippers during that brief tenure. So hopefully Doc Rivers can, you know, kind of rejuvenate a lot of the lost asset that Tobias Harris was this season from a financial perspective, because I mean, when you look at Tobias Harris and what he did for the Philadelphia 76ers and you look at Jimmy Butler in the NBA finals, I think it's pretty clear the Sixers made the wrong choice there. But that's neither here nor there. And in regards to the the second coach, who I think really has a big challenge ahead of him, it's going to be Steve Nash. I mean, for a number of reasons. Granted, you have Kevin, Dur- Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on your roster. So that puts you at a distinct advantage over the majority of other teams in the NBA. And I don't think anybody's going to complain about that situation. Now, the questions are around, obviously, Kevin Durant's health, around Kyrie Irving's availability mentally and physically. Uh, <laughs> and I do not put that lightly. Um, because clearly we know Kyrie can be very, very volatile both on and off the court. And that will definitely have serious implications on the net's ability to really maximize their roster and this championship window that they have opened as soon as they signed both of those guys. Um, and I say that Steve Nash is a big challenge ahead of them because clearly we see what will happen to a good coach when the players just aren't feeling him on the Brooklyn nets. They get rid of him. I mean, Kenny, Kenny Atkinson was a great coach. They weren't feeling him. They got rid of him. Um, you have those two guys on the roster. Steve Nash is. A hall of famer. Uh, this is a, I mean, this is a household name when it comes to, to NBA guys. And with, with that comes a lot of expectations. There are rumors about him possibly be joined, being joined by Mike D'Antoni on that roster as an assistant. Um, again, I just think that that was add more superstar caliber, both on the core and on the sideline. And with those type of names comes a high level of expectation and execution. So both of those front offices um, are really staring down a barrel here as far as their championship hopes. You know, you've got the Milwaukee bucks trying to make noise. You've got the Miami heat, of course, that so you can never count out the Toronto Raptors. The East is kind of trying to shape itself out to be at least competitive with the behemoth behemoth of the teams in the West. And, you know, the, the window is now for, for the majority of these teams. So I'm very curious to kind of see what they're able to do with, um, with what is going to be a very tumultuous NBA season, whenever we do get a resumption date or start date, because right now that is, is really the the biggest question mark um, for the league is, is when, if at all, will we see basketball next season and when we do see it in what form. So for me, I think those two have the biggest challenges, um, but it's going to be very, very interesting to see how a lot of these situations play out to me, the Lou hiring, uh, it made sense, but at the same time, this is a guy who essentially was a disciple of Doc Rivers. Yes, granted, he coached LeBron James and those Cavs to a finals championship. Um, you know, you're not going to take anything away from Ty Lue and what he's able to do individually as a head coach. But if Doc Rivers wasn't really able to get that locker room in check, and that's kind of why you decided to part part ways, I do wonder uh, what Ty Lue will bring to the table in that regard. Now the roster could look different. We'll see what they do in the offseason as well. Um but I'm very curious as to how that how that fit goes um, and what the Clippers are able to do after this disastrous exit from the NBA bubble and a, a very, very ho-hum 2019-2020 uh, NBA season. So lots of coaching conversation to discuss. And obviously, I mean, we still have a lot of vacancies. You know, there, there are several Primetime vacancy is still sitting in the NBA currently. The New Orleans Pelicans are without a head coach, um, as well as the Houston Rockets. Both of those are situations that you could say are good and bad in a lot of different ways. But the New Orleans Pelicans, you could say it's a great situation because you have Zion. Um, You have a strong front office now. Um, and you have a lot of young players who look really, really good. I mean, Brandon Ingram was an all-star this season. You have Lonzo Ball, you have Josh Hart, you have Jackson Hayes, you have guys who you could look to the future with. Um, but at the same time, you have big questions like, what are you doing with Drew Holiday? What's happening with J.J. Reddick? Do you re sign Derek Favors? What is the timeline for winning with this roster because obviously zion's still on a rookie scale deal but as we know the way these things go guys get very tired of losing very quickly especially superstar caliber players and you would hate to be looking at a situation where a guy may be walking from new orleans again at the end of a rookie scale deal so with new orleans there is a bit of an elevated timeline and with the houston rockets to me personally this is the biggest question mark in in terms of an overall NBA situation, basketball situation. What are we doing with Russell Westbrook and James Harden? What are we doing specifically with James Harden? We have seen Dan Tony go out the door. We have now seen Daryl Morey go out the door. These are guys who were basically ideal, ideal, I- ideal patrons, uh, ideal people for James Harden, as far as what he's looking to do on the basketball court, as far as maximizing what we consider his skill set and abilities. And Houston is kind of, hit a fork in the road where it's, do we continue to run this small ball? James Harden stands in the corner when he doesn't have the ball and decides not to set screens and decides not to be involved in the offense or defense um, when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, or do we start to look towards a different type of, roster composition. I mean, when you look at Houston and they really only have five guys on contracts going forward, what are what are they doing? with oh, I believe around $120 million between those five guys. What are they doing? I mean, Tillman Fertitta, this is a guy who the majority of his financial levity is tied to the hospitality industry, which is in shambles right now. This is a NBA organization who got a lot of its revenue share from China and ever since that Daryl Morey tweet I mean obviously China pulled out on a lot of those NBA deals outside of the pandemic and the calamity of thats call so the Houston Rockets from a front office and on court perspective are incredibly under are under incredible financial strife um And again, this is a situation where the rubber meets the road and Houston really has to decide what they are doing because they could very quickly find themselves from being a third and fourth seed in the West to looking at the playoffs from the outside, looking in as you continue to see the Memphis Grizzlies get better. The Dallas Mavericks continue to ascend. We can expect the Nuggets to come back. We can expect, obviously, the Golden State Warriors to come back into a fold and immediately be what we consider championship contenders. So big question marks for the Houston Rockets. And I really don't know what direction they're heading do either of you guys have any opinions takes in the regard of what you think Houston's next step should be as, as a franchise, because I think they're really at a hamstring
2: position at this point. Yeah. You know, that's tough to say. Um, I mean, yeah, you hit on it. Well, David, I mean, yeah, both on court and off the court, they really have, I mean, just a lot of adversity to overcome And, you know, the thing is, you know, it's it's just kind of ironic you go ahead and you trade Chris Paul, you know, thinking that he was the problem. And then, you know, Chris Paul ends up being instead of going to OKC, just left to, you know, ride his career away and being a guy who no one really wants to sign because he's not as, you know, valuable as much of an asset, you know. He, go, he goes ahead and, you know, makes second team All-NBA, you know, and almost knocks off the very team that traded him, slighted him. And um, really with what we've seen with the Rockets, I mean, just calling it like it is, I think. I think of the teams that L.A. played specifically and just the biggest letdown in playoffs were the Houston Rockets. I mean, gosh, they just looked horrible. And and, and I get it. I get, I've seen there were reports that Russ came back too early from his injury and, Not only that, I mean, you know, when you have a guy who comes in, you know, who has that higher usage and, you know, is number two option on the team, it can be tough to, you know, not get that chemistry going right away and try to figure each other out. But, I mean, even games where James Harden was going 2 for 11 and, you know, just how horrible they looked, I don't think it was a coincidence, you know, that Mike D'Antoni announced that he would not be returning on the plane ride back and Daryl Morey stepped down. And no knock to James Harden, once again, just calling it like it is. I think D'Antoni seen what this team's ceiling is, you know, as far as the composition of James Harden, Russ, and the small ball lineup. And it's really going to take some rearranging in order to get them right. And, I mean, you know, it's so tough because they're this team who's, you know, Highly favored, We see what they can do during the regular season, what James Harden can do. We know the type of player Russell Westbrook is. And they just kind of die out in the playoffs, you know? It's just like, you know, we seen what happened when they played Golden State and they were so close and Chris Paul got injured. KD goes and gets injured. And then the Rockets just completely plummet. I mean, gosh, I couldn't even make sense of it, you know? But I think now they really have to change course. I don't know if the whole small ball thing is entirely the way to go. I know they there were some rumors swirling they would want to get a big man, so it's curious to see what they do with that. Um, you know, and like I said, I'm sure we'll get into this, but you know they they've been floating out the idea of trading Russ to New York. Supposedly he would be okay with that. You know, bringing in you know a number of guys and you know Dennis Smith Jr., Julius Randle, who would be uh, you know unique dynamic player for that kind of small ball yet big man presence, uh, rim runner. And, you know, I guess that could be interesting. Um, you know, they say they want to trade for Joel Embiid, but you got to figure, you know, that's kind of, you know, off, you know, kind of off the table. I couldn't really see the Sixers doing that from a coaching standpoint. I, I, I can't really say who they need. Um, it's kind of tough for me to say. I'm sure you guys have seen um, as well, but they say Jeff Van Gundy's the front runner um, to get that team, um, excuse me, to get that position. For the Rockets, that would be very interesting. Jeff and Gundy taking that position, I'm sure we all would miss his broadcasting. Um, but uh, you know, I'm just curious to see. But I will tell you this: James Harden, I think he's an elite player. He's a superstar in this league. But I don't think it's just been other people. They've tried to point the finger at Chris Paul. They've tried to point the finger at Russell. But I think James Harden going two for eleven. You know, you're you know finalist for an MVP. When these things occur, right, I think you need to look at not just the role players, but you kind of have to take a look at the superstar itself. And I think, you know, while it may be hard, they have to hold all those guys accountable, especially James Hardy. because frankly, if your superstar is playing, if he's not playing well, you got to figure it's kind of hard, you know. So I'll say this. I think they need a big man. I do like the acquisition they got with Robert Covington, but I did not agree with them trading right Clint Capella, you know, Brett Brad- Brand, I know it's good for your Hawks, you know, Brad. So I mean, that's all good, but I think they do need a big. So that's something they really need to prioritize. How they do that will be very interesting. And honestly, I don't think the idea of blowing it up is entirely crazy, you know. If they could get more assets and just build long term, but I do think run it back, get a new coach, see how it goes. But um, Brad. I'm going to pass it over to you. I'm curious to hear, you know, what you think as far as uh, coaching and, you know, just what their best strategy is going forward.
1: Yeah, I um, you guys made a a lot of wonderful points, especially, you know, there's causes for concern in the city of Houston and outside of NASA. You know, Houston, we have a problem uh, with the a lot of the exits that have happened in recent. But I want to look at the positives. And I think that Whoever they bring in, it has to be someone that whichever superstar they keep between Russ and James or whoever gives them value to hopefully get them a big and, fit and, and give them more players, as Marcus alluded to. It needs to be someone that, that one of the superstars respect, and they need someone who has some experience and can basically kind of just look at Houston like how David Griffin looked at New Orleans as a blank canvas to kind of – do the things they need to do to put a team together that is going to win games because we know Houston is willing to spend the money. And that's why I think Jeff Van Gundy could, it's a good, it's a good fit for them. Uh, He's kind of like John Gruden, John Gruden, you know, took time away from the game with broadcasting, uh, saw the game evolve, was able to evaluate it and break down film and look at players and all that without the pressure of coaching them. And Jeff Van Gundy has been in that same you know, position for years and years. And as you alluded to Marcus too, I'm going to hate to see him go from ESPN because I love Jeff, especially when him and Mark are together. But I think they need someone with some experience like that, that can really, paint a canvas as to this is what i want to run for my team here's what we have let's work in tandem with you know van gundy and the new gm there in houston and let's put something together and i think that jeff van gundy is someone that they respect they wouldn't have brought him in for an interview if they did not respect him where they can really see eye to eye and kind of And paint this thing going forward. And whichever superstar you decide to keep, bring them on the conversation as well. You obviously don't want them to dictate the style of play in their favor, whether that's Russell James. But you want to you you want to get some mutual agreements so that you can really build this out the way that you know everyone everyone agrees, everyone's seeing eye to eye, and it can be a little more happy go lucky going forward in Houston. Because like I said, that franchise. You know they have the money. It may not have as much money as David alluded to with their deal uh, with with China starting to fall out after Daryl Moy's comments earlier this season. Uh, but I think that Jeff Van Gundy would be a great fit for them. I put Kenny Atkinson there because he's just a good coach. But that really, but Kenny Atkinson is more so uh, if they have existing players to kind of orchestrate whatever they have and put it together and put a winning product on the court. Whereas Jeff Van Gundy. Seeing you know covering many many teams over the years uh, for ESPN, seeing a lot of teams, seeing the game change, and seeing what's working in the NBA, I think all of that is invaluable, and I think that's why I know David alluded to Dan Tony potentially going to Brooklyn, and I, I thought that this could have been a wonderful time for Dan Tony to kind of take a year off and kind of reevaluate and catch his breath and see what else, see basketball for what it is outside of his little cybo that that was in Houston and kind of help him get better as a coach going forward. But landing an opportunity in Brooklyn certainly won't hurt them as well. But I think Jeff Van Gundy, in my opinion, should be the favorite. And I think that he could have potentially a John Gruden effect, which – if you're a football fan, it's starting to pay off a little bit for the Oakland Raiders as they're becoming more and more competitive. They acquired a lot of assets. They had a young team that he can really just mold and grow. And now they're starting to get some wins they They, I mean, they had that upset win over the chiefs and they're starting to head in the right direction at the franchise. So I think a Jeff Van Gundy would be perfect for this, uh, for this Houston Rockets franchise.
3: Yeah. And JBG is definitely looking like the front runner at this point. Uh, I saw a uh, recent article from USA Today that was talking about how he might actually hire on Mike Miller as an assistant coach um, if he does get the job. So I'd be very curious to see what they do in that area. Um, I know John Lucas is also getting some consideration as well. So I believe at one point in time, the Rockets were really leaning towards trying to bring on Ty Lu. Obviously, that won't be an opportunity or an option for them anymore since he has signed with the Clippers. Um, But yeah, Houston is definitely a situation to monitor and from a basketball perspective, they could go in a lot of different ways. So definitely something to keep your
1: eye on. And David, uh, I'll throw out another name potentially. uh, I think Sam Cassell uh, would be a good fit for Houston as well, just from his experience in the league, uh, being kind of a guard whisperer. And I know that, you know, depending on the two superstars or they're, they're both very ball dominant and probably will run that offense. He's someone that has been in the league is respected, which is a big thing. In my opinion, that whoever they're bringing, he's going to have to be able to command that presence in the locker room. And I think he can do that. It's so just like a Jeff Van gunny, but Sam Cassell would be another name that I would potentially consider as well for the Houston Rockets.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And Sam Cassell has continued to kind of gain, uh, kind of gain accolades around the, around the league as just like you said, you know, the guard whisperer for his development of high level, as well as developmental, uh, you know, player perspectives when it comes to the point guard and shooting guard position. And you definitely need a guy like that on your roster, um, in your front office, especially in the, in the current state of the league, when it is so guard heavy and ball handler dependent, um, have clearly seen the entire league kind of pivot into the small ball era, which I expect will last for at least a couple more years. Um, You know, so like you said, Brad, there's a lot of opportunities and options for the Houston Rockets. Hopefully they're able to find a coach who can kind of help them maximize that roster and whatever direction they do choose to go with it. Um, Perhaps that's trades. Perhaps that's bringing everybody back and just making some adjustments around the edges. Uh, We'll wait and see here. But in that regard, I mean, the the biggest point of conversation outside of obviously, you know, everything going on with, with the coaching situation is the rosters themselves and what's going to happen with the NBA resumption date. Now that, that is going to be the biggest what if, if you will, um, when it comes to all the off season chatter, you know, we're used to it being a what if in regards to, Oh, well, we will, where will Kevin Durant go? Or oh, where will Kawhi go? I mean, right now it's where will Giannis go, you know, but the biggest, what if is going to be, what if the NBA season does not start, um, You know, on Martin Luther King Day, like a lot of people right now are kind of projecting as the ideal scenario uh, because the league is so dependent on the revenue that it brings in from people being in those arenas. And with that looking so uncertain as it is right now, it's really hard to say. I mean, we could be looking at a situation where the NBA doesn't actually resume until March. And I, I think as uncomfortable as that sounds, that's a reality that all of us really have to be prepared for as fans of the game because, I mean, Adam Silver's not going to come right out and say it, but they need that money and they're not going to get the same amount of revenue shares from just being on television. Now, granted, some of those NBA teams are going to be able to be completely fine with just your television revenue shares like the Los Angeles Lakers, who have, you know, such a dominating, dominating presence in that market. Um, And with those deals that, I mean, they're going to bring in just an insane amount of money. But for teams like the Golden State Warriors, who are a big feeder for a lot of other NBA teams from a financial perspective, not having anybody in that brand new shiny chase arena is really going to hurt. It's really going to hurt. And so the NBA right now has to be making steadfast preparations for the worst case scenario of a resumption or a start date being in, you know, late February, early March. I mean, let's really hope not because I think as we've clearly seen when the NBA has to go up against the likes of the NFL, as far as, you know, viewer shares from TV perspective, it's just not going to work. Um, and you know, you could make a whole bunch of different arguments. Oh, well, you know, election season, this and that, but I mean, clearly, clearly we know that when it's only the NBA traditionally in the off season, which would be from middle to end of June through August. I mean, the NBA absolutely dominates the conversation. Everybody's talking free agency. Everybody's talking off season. Everybody's talking what ifs and the NBA needs that they need that. They need those eyes. They need that revenue. Um, So there's a lot of question marks around the NBA season right now. And in that regard to the financial situation, I mean, most importantly, we got to wonder what that's going to mean for guys contracts. I think right now, a lot of guys aren't really thinking about it because of, you know, the pandemic, because of all the social justice initiatives going on, because of being in the bubble for so long, because of just kind of that malaise that everyone has been going through over the past six some months of what has felt like. March, you know, I mean, good God, like guys aren't really thinking about it like that. But when you put it in the perspective that, you know, over the past five, six years, you know, it, it, on, on average, NBA salaries have ballooned from an average about, I believe it was about five point six 5.7 million dollars to around $10 million. I mean, almost doubling what the salary average was in the NBA. It's going to be a stark reality when a lot of that money is not there. I mean, you, you put it in comparison to last season during the free agent market, um, essentially from July into September, NBA teams spent around 1.1 billion dollars. 1.1 billion dollars. Approaching this 2020 free agency period, the projections for team spending are around 300 million. Now, that's about 75% less spending, and that is going to create what is an incredibly bare market. Um So it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of moves teams are interested to make because they're not going to have a whole lot of money to play with here. And that's going to make guys who qualify for those mid-level exceptions, you know, really the golden ticket kind of guys for these NBA rosters. And typically those type of guys favor the glamour markets where they can go and potentially be um, on an instant contender, be an instant contributor to, you know, a a title team. And there's several names. Obviously, they're going to be floating around throughout this offseason as far as, you know, Moves they could make to really put themselves uh, into contention for a championship. Obviously, some of the notable unrestricted free agents are are going to be, you know, your Fred Van Vliet, your, Montrez, your Montrez's your Montrezes. Um, you, you have Danilo Gallinari, you have Serge Ibaka, uh, Marcus All. It appears it's going to be heading overseas to finish out his NBA career. Um, but then you also have guys like Davis Bertans, you have Goran Dragic, you have Derek Favors, you have names that could find themselves on rosters and instantly put into title implications given the specific situation that's definitely going to be something to monitor and then of course you have restricted free agents that are going to be very notable as far as maybe what teams go out and try to match the contract offers from the teams that currently are holding them you know you have Malik Beasley's you have Bogdan Bogdanovich for the Sacramento Kings who's going to be a very interesting uh, unrestricted or I'm sorry restricted free agent this offseason and Brandon Ingram of course uh, I expect that the Pelicans are going to bring him back it, it doesn't make any sense for them not to but Again, these are just very, very interesting things that are going to be going on in this offseason and with the money being so tight, one has to wonder what is going to happen. And I mean, it's crazy because before 2016, there was only two players in the history of the league that had ever on a yearly basis made $30 million or more. Only two players, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Last season, we had over 15 guys making 30 million in the season. Okay. So that money that is to be expected will truthfully not be there. And the NBA has to hope they will be able to recoup a lot of those financial losses this upcoming season in order to protect their financial levity for the 2020, 2021 season um, because they really cannot have two or three seasons in a row with such a financial burden and decline as far as guys contracts, as far as the revenue teams have to invest back into their markets as far as everything. So in that regard, there's a lot of different angles teams could go with. There's a lot of different trades teams could do. There's a lot of different ways teams could try to resign guys to afford themselves the financial flexibility to improve their roster. As we look across the league and I'm going to start with Brad, Brad, who in your mind, is a team that has the opportunity to and albeit through the draft, through free agency, whichever means you have, to truly put themselves firmly either back into
0: title contention
3: or to resolidify their roster and maintain maintain their place among the NBA elites.
1: Well, a really easy choice is the Golden State Warriors. Now, they have, you know, a lot of money on their books tied up already, but there's been a lot of chatter with them having a number two pick and be able to maybe shop that with a contract that they can maybe remove from the roster, i.e. Andrew Wiggins. Uh, They have a lot of flexibility as to uh, any team with a lot of cap space, like an Atlanta Hawks, who I cover, who have a lot of you know money to money to blow? If you love Drake like I like to say it on a, on Corbin's show, but they have a lot of money to play around with, even with the you know the salary cap issue. Now the question is for the Atlanta Hawks: is do you do you pay people this year when you have? You know, the opportunity for the league to rebound and then going into the 2021 free agency class, uh, you have that opportunity to really cash in on those assets and whatnot. But I know Atlanta, they have some assets they can potentially package to move and get some players on the team. I know the Drew holidays have been mentioned because I know New Orleans will like to pay Brandon Ingram. And there's and, and Drew holiday has been a bargaining chip along with J.J. Redick. So we'll see what they do down there. I know that the contract in Sacramento with Buddy Heald doesn't look as great now with Vladi Divac gone from uh, from management there with the Kings. And he was the one that gave him this contract. And then you mentioned uh, Bogdanovich this year wanting to get signed. So Buddy Heald is someone who could be moved as well for that purposes. And then you, you just I mean, it, it, de- it depends on, like I said, the salary cap issue and that conversation that is yet to be yet to be had in the NBA of what is it going to look like this year. And I think that's going to play, especially for a small market team. We didn't mention the head coach and vacancy really in new Orleans, but I think that's really going to play into who they sign, especially if you're going to sign Brennan Ingram, you're in a market that really doesn't have a lot of corporate sponsors. There's not a lot of fortune 500 companies in the five Oh four, unfortunately. And that's how you fill out those arenas and those season tickets and that lost revenue. We'll make them kind of reconsidered if they do bring on a Stan Van Gundy, a Sam Casella, Jason Kidd, who's been used to making some decent money in some bigger markets. And for and if I can plug them in real quick before I kick it over to you, Marcus, as far as movement, because we could talk about trade potential. If on, and I have a list of trade scenarios that I've seen out there that we can further discuss. But I think if you're the New Orleans Pelicans and the coach, coaching service, go for one of these younger guys who are known for player development who's worked with young players they're not going to command as much money and it will still give you a little bit of flexibility there to maybe re-sign someone maybe like a J.J. Redick or if you trade him or you trade you Holiday you're taking some other contracts from other teams you still have a little bit of space because you, you took a pay cut a little bit at the coaching position so I want to throw out Will Weaver who was part of the Brooklyn Nets organization he was the head coach of the Sydney Kings in Australia and he has a history with young players And developing young players as well. And he's a bright young mind in the game of basketball. And another guy who I think is my favorite, if you can lure him away, Jamal Mosley, uh, Maverick's assistant, he has a strong history in player development, and he's worked a lot with Luka Doncic for that Dallas Mavericks team and all the young players they have on that team. And he was really instrumental in reshaping their defensive scheme to make Dallas a little more formidable on the defensive end. Cause we know how efficient they were on the offensive in, and it's historic how efficient they were on the offensive end and their output this year, but it was matched with whatever scheme they did defensively. And he was the architect for that. So Jamal Mosley will be a wonderful opportunity to come in, maybe pay him not as much and let him prove his worth, give him some incentives and what that, and David Griffin can work that into the deal. But because it's no secret that New Orleans need to prove on a, improve on a defensive end, they were one of the worst defensive teams last year. So I just wanted to throw that out there, but I will kick it over to you, Marcus, as far as teams with a little bit of flexibility. And I famously talk about the Hawks that's who I cover, but I'm interested to see your take, Marcus.
2: Well, man, I mean, both you guys made good points. It's such a unique year. Um, the thing that really comes to mind to me is just like we had this playoff, right, where there was no Warriors, there was no um, Brooklyn Nets, and it's just going to be such like like just such star-studded power just re-entering the league, like guys that weren't even in contention. So, I mean, obviously, um, you know, you mentioned it, Brad you look at the Warriors, right, and there's some murmurs that, you know, they could really trade um, Andrew Wiggins in a number one pick to kind of get that, you know, superstar caliber player they need, you know, because as both of you kind of mentioned, you know, you specifically, David, a lot of teams just don't have that money to dish out, right? But if we look at, you know, the assets a team may have, whether that be draft picks or players, and being able to, you know, turn that into like you know, a solid superstar player who, you know, for someone who's kind of in um, win now mode, right? You know, a lot of that could be really good. You know, I mean, it'd be crazy if, I mean, just throwing, you know, random narratives. But, you know, what if the Warriors were able to land a Drew Holiday, right? And then, you know, then you got Drew uh, Drew going to, you know, Golden State makes them significantly better. Then we have the possibility – of Alonzo, you know, Lamelo connection, right? That I mean, that'd be insane. I mean, that's kind of far fetched, but I mean, these things are in the works. I mean, even the, um, even the uh, Timberwolves for that matter you know they've thought about trading that number one pick because you got cat constantly losing it's a team that hasn't been that great and even missed the play i mean gosh they got the number one pick this year they really have had some rough years so you know cat's tired of losing so that's another team that could look for you know just a solid asset who's kind of in that win now mode but i'm um, bringing it back to golden state i know there was some um rumors swirling of them um really wanting to get sergey Ibaka. you know i think that'd be a great addition and you know the bucks Right, they they've said it. They're not going to trade Giannis, right? So they're really going to be looking to acquire and really blow up that roster, whatever it takes, right? Even if it's Giannis and another superstar who got to play two versus five, they might do that if it means they can keep him on the team and really assemble some great players and just some, you know, star-studded talent. So I know that they um, they showed some interest in trying to sign Bogdan Bogdanovich. You know, that'd be a nice young guard. But, you know, it's teams like that that are going to be looking, you know, to get these kind of players that could take them over the hump. You know, last year, the Heat. Um, you know, they were pretty high on getting uh, Danilo Gallinari and obviously he had a great year. I know they didn't pull the trigger at the trade deadline, but, you know, Gallo posted on his IG himself in a blank jersey, basically saying, you know, who, who's going to get me right. And, you know, I think a lot of these players, right, knowing that, you know, the way the Lakers were in the table and these other competitive teams, they want to feel like they can go to a contending team and be an asset. And help put that team over, you know, over the hump. And I'm sure a lot of teams are thinking we've seen what the Heat did in their great chemistry, the players they had. If we just had this type of player or that type of player, you know, what would that do for our team? And obviously Kawhi Leonard, you know, openly expressed we need a point guard, right? So who comes to mind in that regard? Who are they going to, you know, who are they going to, you know, try to go out and get? And I know they're pretty limited as – um, you know, that PG and Kawhi on big contracts and, you know, Marcus Morris, which, you know, they could dump some of those guys, but even the possibility of the Clippers, you know, throwing a bag and landing, uh, you know, Freddie V, uh, you know, that would be nuts. But I really wanted to focus on, you know, the players and the teams that are really going to be hungry to get some of these, um, you know, key players, you know, uh, Bertans, you know, all of these different guys are free agents who really don't pop. Right. You know, because Brandon Ingram, it's hard to think of him not going back to the Pels. Obviously, Anthony Davis is probably going to go back to the Lakers. So it's not like you have too many, you know, big time names who could just really switch. But even just, you know, as we started it, some of the, you know, coaching vacancies that can be filled, how that affects a team, how just, you know, certain contending teams getting that one player acquisition or two to just put them ahead, how that's going to look in. You know, basically just what a team's willing to do, specifically the Bucks, you know, to maintain, you know, superstar talent for guys who are going to be free agents. I mean, obviously, Giannis headlines that there's no other um, type of caliber player like that, you know, but it's going to be interesting. But that's one thing I'm really excited to see what players go where and how that sets up, you know, for the upcoming season. Who's really looking like they could take a step forward, you know, and really be a threat.
1: So. And Marcus uh, and David, if, if you if you don't mind me, I just want to jump in and say it, this could be a wonderful opportunity, as we alluded to, to really use the trade generator and match up contracts and teams could be switching players like famously people have been connecting Spencer Dinwiddie and his uh-huh. with Drew Holiday. A lot of people have been matching up, you know, Buddy Heald. I know that they've mentioned, I've mentioned the Hawks, but mentioned Buddy Heald. And so then with the Nuggets and then the Nuggets can offload Gary Harrison, some other assets, and that could work. Blake Griffin's contract in, in Detroit, Al Horford, in Philadelphia with that money, we talked about CP3 and the money he commands, and Eric Bledsoe, and maybe another piece from the Bucks and making the swap there. Derrick Rose moving to LA. What do you do with Tobias Harris? I know Aaron Gordon has been out there for trades. dre talk as well with his contract. Miles Turner making all that money with the front court the way it is in Indiana, in the Indiana, Indiana basically with. Uh, Miles Turner currently Sabonis, who's due for money, and you have T.J. Warren now, who really proved himself in the bubble. I know Rudy Gobert has been out. Go, Gobert has been out there. Gordon Hayward's contract and in injury, injury his, history in Boston, and Zach Levine in Chicago. So those are some names of contracts, and, and I don't want to miss this player as well who really hates being where he is uh you know how people say cleveland sucks uh that's how kevin love feels i think kevin love would definitely want to like to be bounced out of cleveland and he has a pretty lengthy uh sizable contract as well so i think it's going to be a lot of trade generators see what money matches up and some swapping of players new play uh, old faces new places kind of segment when it's going to happen whenever the season starts on espn that's going to be nice and cute but i really think that's going to be a thing this year
3: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, interestingly enough, um, just to revisit some of those situations that you mentioned, Cleveland, yeah, I definitely do wonder what they're going to do with Kevin Love, given the fact that Andre Drummond has a $25 million player option I expect him to opt into, and they still have Tristan Thompson and Larry Nance on the roster. Um, I'm throwing up right now, David. I'm
0: literally throwing up. It's
3: it's, it's, it's terrible. It is terrible. Um, Obviously, Gordon Hayward, that has just, been a very the the opposite of the the Celtic luck that you would have hoped for, uh, Gordon Hayward when he was coming in there for the reunion with his former coach Brad Stevens, um, and it's really unfortunate. And again, this is a guy with a 32 million dollar player option, which again I expect him to opt into because. With the market being as depreciated as it's going to be, um, or depressed, I should say, as it's going to be, uh, guys need to try to get their money when they can. And I don't expect any of these guys to pass up on free money. Um, Of course, with the exception of Anthony Davis, who I do expect, obviously, he did opt out of that player. Um, that player option, I expect him to resign for what will probably be a two plus one contract to really get him that balloon contract max salary um, in year 10 and would kind of help him align a little bit more with LeBron James timeline in uh, in L.A. But yeah, there's there's a lot of questions. You know, like you said, Buddy Heald, where does Buddy Heald end up? You know, Denver has definitely made Gary Harris pretty available. Uh, I don't know how much more available the guy could get. I mean, he, I think that they should have gotten rid of him a long time ago. Um, so it remains to be seen what moves they make to try to help, you know, kind of strengthen that roster around Jokic and Jamal Murray. As we clearly saw, they were just one piece away during that series and during that run in the bubble um, from really being a, a true title contending team, as fun as they were and as hard as they did fight. Um and in regards to the Warriors, you know, I'm sure that they have several dream scenarios as far as guys potentially walking onto their roster or making potential trades. You know, you could look at a potential trade for Blake Griffin with Andrew Wiggins because of the contracts matching up as far as the salaries um, and trying to use Blake a small ball five. You could see the same situation potentially with Orlando if they're interested in getting rid of, you know, Aaron Gordon moving around some of that contract money as well, potentially moving around that pick. I think the Warriors dream scenario would, of course, be if the Washington Wizards called and said Bradley Beal is available. I think they would get that done quick, fast and in a hurry. But, yeah, Serge Ibaka would be an excellent addition to their roster. And I think that this is a guy who knows what it takes to win at a championship level, who has been on several different finals teams, uh, the Thunder the Raptors, of course, most recently. And then if he were to join the Warriors, he would fit seamlessly into their offense and defense. So a lot of options in that regard, Um, you know, there, there's a lot of dream scenarios that the Brooklyn Nets are throwing out, whether that be, of course, Bradley Beal, whether you check in on the availability of a Zach Levine with the front office of Chicago and everything that they're kind of looking to do. Um, And then of course, New Orleans, you know, there's been a lot of murmurs about the possibility of both JJ Redick and Drew Holiday, Potentially being available in a package that would involve Karis Lebert and Jarrett Allen. Now, I don't necessarily know how much the Brooklyn Nets are willing to part with both Karis Lebert and Jarrett Allen, um, but I think if you put both those guys in a package, it's going to be pretty enticing to any front office uh, in the NBA, especially one like New Orleans, who would be able to pair those two guys pretty seamlessly with the timelines and skill sets of a lot of their other young core um, that they're currently developing down there in NOLA. So. It's going to be very, very interesting to kind of see what teams decide to do. I, I anticipate a lot of shuffling back and forth. Um, I anticipate some some kind of shocking moves, if you will. Again, just because of the fact that the market is so depressed and teams have a lot less money to play with. Um, and I also do expect a lot of teams to really just kind of stand pat, unfortunately, you know, because, as I said, There's a lot of financial uncertainty right now, and you really don't want to take a big swing on a guy and completely miss and then potentially set your team back two or three seasons in the future because of you not being able to participate in what we expect to be the cavalcade of free agents in the 2020-2021 offseason, which will feature guys like uh, most notably Giannis Antetokounmpo, who it appears the Dallas Mavericks are going to try to make a very hard run at, as well as the Miami Heat. And I think as scary as it would be if Giannis went to the Miami Heat and joined Jimmy Butler, obviously they're going to have to get rid of Bam Adebayo potentially. Um, But the nightmare scenario for the NBA should be the potential of Giannis joining Luka Doncic in Dallas because just like the NBA was terrified of Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and rightfully so, as we see them win their NBA championship, um, this would be another pairing of two Pantheon guys who are in the, on the cusp, truthfully of the prime of their career. I mean, you could say Giannis has entered his, but Luca is 20 years old. I mean, the, the potential of those guys, both being on a roster with, you know, potentially Christoph porzingis with, you know, whoever else they can kind of bring in around those two um, that's, that's terrifying. And that's a team that could be in the NBA finals for the next 10 years. I mean, so there is a lot of long-term implications um, in this upcoming off season, that will set the precedent for uh, NBA seasons to come. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, this is the, the time for us to put on our fantasy GM hats and really get in the lab and see what we can cook up because you can anticipate that's exactly what a lot of these front offices are doing right now. So I'm very, very excited to see what kind of shakes out with all of this um, because the possibilities, I mean, the
0: possibilities are endless. So we can go a lot of different ways with that. Absolutely. Yeah, Hey, real quick, I just want to say
2: this. Get Andre Drummond to Houston. Houston, go get Andre Drummond, okay? That's what they need. Get a big. And one other hot take, I would love to see my boy Kiris Levert, and I would love to see Jared Allen and Dinwiddie in L.A. Go ahead and send Paul George to Brooklyn, man. Let him revitalize and go for a ship. That's all i say about that.
1: I like that, Marcus. I really like that take as well. Um, I, as far as hot takes go, as far as trade movement, um, I mentioned it. I'll, I'll, if, if if they want to move on from Dinwiddie in Brooklyn and you know swap that for Drew Holiday, uh, I think that'd be great for the Nets. I think that would be good for the Pelicans as well. Uh, some, someone a little bit closer in their timeline and another offensive firepower for them for that lineup down there in new orleans uh i saw a couple trades uh especially one that would really make the jazz a lot better of basically swapping big men potentially miles turner and rudy gobert switching places and we know that miles turner has the contract that he does he can protect, but he also also has the ability to stretch the floor and shoot the three he's a 30 35 and a half 35.7% three-point shooter career-wise. So I think that would be a wonderful added element in Utah if they were able to make that work. Now, that still has to obviously figure out what they do with T.J. Warren. I saw another pie-in-the-sky scenario where they send T.J. Warren to Portland and see what that helped us there to finally give them that uh, scoring 3-4 uh, for the— Trailblazers, that's not Mellow And no disrespect to Mellow who had a really good year this past year. But it's just a lot of wonderful things. And we've seen famously Derrick Rose to the Lakers, which I mentioned, which would just be just – Awesome to have Derek Rose an opportunity to get a ring, uh, especially against a competitor that he went against, you know, for years in the Eastern Conference. And LeBron James to finally team up with him, with him and AD would just be just something spectacular. And as David alluded to, uh, it's very interesting to see with Aaron Gordon what they do with him in Orlando. I've seen some rumors of him going to potentially OKC. There, and um, I see Kevin Love particularly. I I also want to throw Kevin Love to the Brooklyn Nets potentially as well uh, in a trade scenario to reunite with uh, Kyrie. So it's a lot of, you know, pie-in-the-sky scenarios, and I think the biggest thing will be what will happen with CP3 this offseason uh, with him leaving potentially OKC, who will be willing to take on that contract. But as we talked about, the sky is the limit. And I'd be really interested to see, you know, what happens with the league this year, with the salary cap situation and the trading of contracts uh, that, grip, frankly, people just want to get rid of. People just want to dump these uh, large contracts that, I mean, David alluded to fit over 15 players making over 30 mil in a season. Yeah, I think after this pandemic season i think that will be the end of that unless the cba calls for it again at some point once revenue is back to uh, a healthy state for the league so uh, in the words of biggie smalls you know the sky is the limit of you know uh, i'll stop right there i will pass it back to you
2: david hey david cue that on the podcast make sure that's playing on the outro all right Uh,
3: (laughs) no but but for real though i mean speaking of ether and you know pie in the sky the the, the pie and the sky is the limit when it comes to chris paul because there's a lot of teams right now that are very interested in this guy and it's crazy because a year ago we were looking at him like oh this is the end of the road for chris paul and you know flipped it around on him mike jones sky is the limit okay because There's a lot of people looking at Chris Paul's contract and looking the other way as far as the $45 million that he is going to be owed um, because of his ability to impact a roster. You know, there are rumors about him potentially going to Chicago. There are rumors about him potentially going to New York to be reunited with Doc Rivers in Philadelphia. I mean, we hear murmurs about him possibly going back to the Clippers. I mean, I've even heard a potential trade rumor about bringing him into Philadelphia, or I'm sorry, into Phoenix, and moving off from Ricky Rubio. Um, There's a whole bunch of opportunity out there for Chris Paul, and he should feel really, really good about where he is in the league. I know, unfortunately, a lot of us would have loved to see him tag team with Kobe a long time ago and get that ring he deserved. It didn't pan out. Dave Stern was wrong for that, in my opinion, but RIP to a you know, a a great NBA commissioner. Um, he, he really did his thing during his time and I can't fault him for a lot of the calls that he made good, bad. And otherwise, um, the league is what it is because of a lot of his stewardship. So I give him all the credit he deserves. Uh, but Chris Paul has, has a great opportunity here to put himself into title contention, to find himself with a teammate. That is another top five potential pantheon guy in the league. And you don't get those type of opportunities too often. And for Chris Paul to have that, um, right outside of you know right on the doorstep for him at his age um at the fact that as i said you know a year ago guys were expecting him to be sold off to the first willing roster um off of okc and he's really proved proved the league otherwise and a lot of guys on notice, um, let them know he's still here. He's still doing it. He still is able to really effectively lead uh, an NBA offense and roster um, at a high level and help maximize the skill set and talent that they have um, under full. So, yeah, shout out to Chris Paul, man. I mean, leading the CBA, he's going to find his way to get paid. The guy knows he needs his money. He's earned it. The state farm checks are hitting, but I mean, not like the NBA ones. So uh, he's not going to be looking to skate off of that money. He's going to try to get all of it that he can, regardless of the financial situation and strife that the league is in. And front offices are just going to have to be prepared to eat that because you know what this guy brings to the roster and his ability to really help you uh, firmly find yourself in title contention. So shout out Chris Paul. Um, shout out all the free agents that are going to be coming up uh, over this off season and the next. There's going to be a lot of shuffling around the league. It's going to be a lot of fun, um, and the NBA is going to be a very, very hot topic uh, for the next couple of years as we kind of look to again figure out when we're going to have basketball back on the court. As we wait to see what teams do in this upcoming NBA draft, uh, especially given the fact a lot of guys have not been able to really work out because of the pandemic, so a lot of question marks. Uh, we're going to be covering all of them. We're going to be bringing you all the hot takes, all the need to know info on the court, off the court, and otherwise. Uh, and that's why this is your NBA box score out of bounds because
0: our takes may be out of bounds, but <laughs> we have, we keep, we keep it light. We keep it fun.
3: Um, and, and we'll make sure that you always are wanting to come back for more. So before we kind of trail off here and, and say our goodbyes to the people of the Oobalt universe, I just want to pass the mic back over to both of our steam co-hosts and, just kind of let them give a little bit of insight about what they have going on in the league, uh, for the, for the network. And otherwise I'll start off with my man, Brad, who has been on a, on a furious, uh, you know, featuring spree. He's been on Corbin's
2: show. Mm, Uh, mm,
3: He's had some some big guests on his show. I mean, the AT aliens are in full effect right now. The evasion is occurring and you know, I'm here for it, Brad, let the people of the hoop ball universe and otherwise know, uh, what you kind of got coming up um, and what they can expect out of you in the hoop ball
1: Hawks Army. Bradley, 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 Bradley. Because I spit high five. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just playing. But uh, I appreciate the love, guys. I really do. Um, <laughs> I have been, uh, spending time, uh, guest on several shows, <laughs> uh, several shows. I had to do a, uh, day spell reference. I had to sneak that in. Uh, like, like David alluded to, I've been on a show with Corbin this week. Y'all check that out. We do an outlet for the Hawks, uh, I've been doing a couple of shows we're doing some player development, uh, draft talk, talking for the Hawks with the draft in less than a month uh, happening on November 18th. I joke and say that November 18th by Drake is going to be on repeat the entire draft day. So we got some fun things happening for you guys and hoop ball Hawks. So check us out. Hoop ball Hawks, as well as I guess start on the show. Hawks Beat, another show here in Atlanta covering the Hawks. So if you just love the Hawks, you want to just soak up ice Trey, JC red Velvet. And Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. You know, check out Hawksbeat. I was able to guest star on there. And you know, continue to check us out on Hawksbeat. Uh I know like David alluded to and Marcus alluded to, it's going to be a lot of trade talk. So uh, go on ESPN Trade Generator or whatever Trade Generator website you got going on. Hit me up on Twitter at BradJarrett67. That's Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. Throw some trades, whether for the Hawks or in general, because love to have conversation with fans and uh, talk hoops. So with that, I'll pass it on to Marcus, who's also uh, a shining star, if you like to say. Oh, I'm flattered. I'm flattered. You
2: are far too kind, Brad. Hey, but listen, you're the one who spits hot fire, not me, man. I'm just trying to keep up in here. So it's a pleasure to be in the mix. Um, you know, I, I've been featured on these kind of out of bounds shows and, you know, hope we can continue to get this trio together because it's always a pleasure. Always big fun, you guys. But as far as um, individual projects of my own, um, you know, we will be kicking off an NBA live show. Um, once we get, you know, a timeline on the season and that gets rolling, so you can expect me to do some of the, um, you know, pregame uh, outlooks once the season gets rolling. And, um, you know, I'm going to do all in my power to get some of these fine gentlemen featured on some of those shows with me. But in the meantime, you can connect with me on Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Anthony thirty five. I said it once. I said it again, yes, the thirty five for KD. That's when he was in OKC. Um, it's a bittersweet situation, but I haven't changed it. So um that's the Twitter handle, Instagram, last name, first name, Braden Marcus. Uh, pretty simple. Yeah, connect with me and um yeah, just stay tuned for all the great quality hoop balls pumping out. And you know, David, Brad are always doing their things. Definitely tune into the Hawks podcast if you're you know an A T L N or you just love good basketball content. David's always doing his thing, the drip god happy belated to david i'm gonna put you on blast right there so hey we're rolling man hot fire hot fire (laughs) we're rolling man i'm excited um and just stay tuned we got a lot of good stuff coming
3: oh man i appreciate both of y'all definitely giving you all the credit in the world you two have been doing your thing for the network for as long as they have given you a mic you have continued to spit hot fire and that is why i was so glad we could bring it together tonight uh, for a little ring of fire action here in our out of bounds podcast. So much more to come. Obviously Brad's holding it down. Uh, you know, magic city, Brad out there, shout out to the lemon pepper wings. Um, he's going to continue to give you everything that you need out of ATL and otherwise covering all the need to know info for the Hawks and Marcus. We're very, very excited for you to kick off your be live show. Cause it will be V live whenever we do get an NBA restart date. So lots of amazing content coming at you guys, as always, Hit those guys up on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you can find them. Slide in their DMs. They got all the info that you need to know. Um, and as always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as well, DFB underscore three. Um, whatever you need, you know, HoopBall's got it for you, whether you're a fan of the league, uh, whether you're a fan of football, baseball, basketball, whatever you need, HoopBall's got you covered in some facet or aspect. We have incredible correspondents, hosts, contributors. Top to bottom, uh, the network is really doing big things. We're on the come up, so expect a lot more of us. Uh, we're going to be around until you get tired of us, and even then, we still going to be here, okay? Because I'm still here, dog. All right, so again, for everybody who tuned in tonight, we appreciate you guys, as always. Many more out-of-bounds podcasts, and otherwise, to be coming at you. From the box score we'll breakdown, as we have a big NBA offseason that is kicking off um, and is right around the corner here. So stay tuned, stay healthy, stay hip, and keep pushing. Brad, Marcus, I appreciate both
0: of y'all. We talk to you very soon. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure. Later, gentlemen.